Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you're going to get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co, P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add the disk dump in the how did you hear about Podgo section of the application. That'll help me a little bit. Hello and welcome to the Disk Dump Podcast. I'm your host, Miles Trout. All October long, my guests and I will be talking about the Masters of Horror Collection, Season 1. So sit back, relax, and prepare to be spooked. Well, most of these movies aren't very good, so I don't think you'll get too, too spooked. But I hope you like the podcast. So, uh, welcome listeners. Uh, this is an exciting episode because we're in October and it's my favorite holiday, so or my favorite month. I pretty much consider the whole month a holiday, and uh, I am joined by Jim and Danny of Bravo for the B sides. How are you guys? Great, doing well. Happy to be here. Yeah, again. Yeah, <laughs> I'm happy to have you back. Thank you guys for coming on. Um, so what I'm doing for this entire month is I'm going through the entire first season of the Masters of Horror Collection, and we're going to talk about every one of these short films, and because there are so damn many of them, and I didn't think this through very well, we're doing one basically every other day. So uh, yeah, this is exciting. <laughs> so uh, what did we watch today, guys? Was it? It was Dreams in the Witch House. We saw all of them and we were like, we should just watch a bunch. But we <laughs> ended up <laughs> Dreams in the Witch House. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and it was made by Stuart Gordon, I believe is the guy. And yes. uh, yeah, he did the reanimator, right? I couldn't see anything else that was like noteworthy that this guy did. <laughs> reanimator is such a fantastic movie. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's been a long time since I've seen it. Probably around the same time I watched this movie, which was like 2006. So it's been a long time. <laughs> um, yeah, so this movie is Dreams in the Witch House. And it's basically this physics major college grad is staying in this tiny house with a bunch of other people. Like he has his own apartment and it's real shitty and they have rats and stuff. And, uh, what I've noticed about these movies is like every character is important. <laughs> there are no like background characters that if they're on screen, they're like super important to be there. So like, I want to gloss over some characters, but I'm not sure that we really can, you know what I mean? Well, in, in short movies, especially, uh, there isn't a lot of room for extraneous characters. Yeah. True. Well, and this one, uh, it has that made for TV feel. Sure. You know, um, not that it was on network television, but there's there's economy of characters and plot in those kinds of things. And it, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. But it definitely had that feel like, OK, only the necessary stuff. 
Yeah. That's, we, we don't have time for tomfoolery. Well, I think <laughs> I can run through them real quick. The one that's not important, I think, is the landlord. Yeah. He's, other than just being a shitty landlord, that's like his whole role. He doesn't do anything, really. Yeah. Yeah. So we have the grad student who's the main character. We have the the number one guy, the <laughs> room one guy who's sort of weird and reclusive and, you know. The old man who chants yeah. at night. And then oh, yes. we have the uh, woman and baby. The single mom. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I, that's pretty much all the characters. Yeah, and then an evil interdimensional witch. And right, yes. her too. That's all the characters. And well, um, and last but not least, the rat, a special rat. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so excited <laughs> to talk about the rat, you guys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get to the rat, uh, so this college physics major is like a little a little Looney Tunes. He's not quite right because he's like all concerned with interdimensional physics. So, of course, he rents this room for super cheap that has a strange geometric shape for a wall that happens to be exactly what he's studying on his computer. Right. right. <laughs> that was... they, I did notice that even though they did make the room kind of strange looking, they just drew edges on it, hoping that we would imagine that it was a different shape than it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it worked on me when I was a kid, but it did not work on me in my adult life with an HDTV. <laughs> well, they didn't want to give it away right away. You know, a little, little bit of mystery, a little distraction. <laughs> so um, I forget what's what's the like the MacGuffin of this movie. Like what gets everything rolling? Well, it is. His first encounter with the, the number one guy. Right. Right. Yes. Because he just like out of the blue completely unsolicited just starts hammering him with with stuff that you know have you seen this have you done that have you seen you know have you seen the rat <laughs> you saw the rat yeah because the rat attacked the the single mom and the baby or but a, a rat a rat yeah because that was <clears throat> not to give anything away rat. but it was a a regular rat <laughs> yeah yeah um a standard rat yeah so that that to me that's to me what kicked it off because everything that follows the the physics guy kudos to the character writing you know he's a guy of logic and he's like you know well of course i quote saw the rat you were talking about because you told me about it and then i dreamt it right right mm-hmm. power of suggestion so he was easily dismissive yeah. of that but yeah, yeah. Uh, i think that's what spawned it mm-hmm. so so the old guy is like have you seen the rat with the human face and that this is some of the most clever filmmaking. I loved it so much. <laughs> so we had a, a practical effects fake rat that they could like, I watched the extras. They, it was like remote control. They could move his head and his face and stuff, which is kind of cool. But then whenever he's looking at the rat, it's a close up view of a guy in a rat costume. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That was my favorite shit ever. And right every time I started losing interest in this movie, the rat man would come back and I'm like, finally, <laughs> <laughs> he's back. So, yeah. <laughs> well, and that, just to throw it out there, that clever work was done none other, but done by none other than Mr. Greg Nicotero. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Nicotero's, uh, well, I don't know if he had his hands on, but his shop did all the uh, practical effects. Of course they did. Yeah. Greg Nicotero's yeah. done everything. 
<laughs> now I'm only just now learning about Nicotero. I I know that him and like Tom Zavini are pretty tight and stuff, but I don't think the average audience is. So can you give them just like a brief rundown on who Nicotero is? Uh, Greg Nicotero uh, is who I should have been. Um, because <laughs> uh, we're roughly the same age, but in the seventies uh, and eighties, he was super hopped up on special effects, and uh, he and a couple friends um, practiced it. They they like skipped college and everything, moved out to Hollywood, and became special effects masters. They Nicotero does all the effects for Walking Dead. He's mm-hmm. now an executive producer and a director. Mm-hmm. He's also played a zombie a few times. Uh, he has, I don't even know where to begin, the litany. Well, he started of, out, his his first like real paying stuff was with Romero. Right. And mm-hmm. then he ultimately got his own, put his own company together. Yeah. And they are still today the go-to practical effects company. Yep. Um, yeah, because they like get into competitions with each other when they're making The Walking Dead. Like the whole, they're as big of characters in the show as the characters are because they just are trying to one up each other with disgusting shit all the time. Yep, <laughs> and I enjoy that very thoroughly. Like I love the competitive nature of them, just making it worse and worse and worse. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, if anybody is a fan of Walking Dead uh, and you have access to the uh, bonus episodes. Like if you bought it through iTunes or something, uh, the inside the Walking Dead stuff. There's a, a ultimately there's interviews with him. I think starting season five, mm-hmm. um, so you get to see the guy and and everything. But yeah, he's he's an effects master. So did this little movie well? <laughs> yeah, the the practical effects weren't the problem with this movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> the the rat scurries up and talks to the dude and says she's coming for you or whatever um he becomes friends with single mom obviously and she's the least responsible mom because she needed fifty dollars or her kid was gonna go to an orphanage right (laughs) fifty dollars saved the day (laughs) and uh then when she goes to a job interview she's like hey physics guy who i've known for 24 hours hang on to my infant for me would you yep and (laughs) that was poor poor judgment on her part but i don't think that the like i think the filmmakers accounted for that like i don't think that was bad writing i think that was just essential to the plot that she's not the most attentive mother yeah i agree (laughs) <laughs> I, I, you know it, it, it's a circumstance thing but even in those circumstances i mean you know have you seen the other people living in this place you've, you've seen the, the people this place attracts yeah um wouldn't be my first call you know new guy come here <laughs> yeah so, i mean i guess if i had to pick that would be the guy i'd pick too <laughs> yeah i don't think i'd send him downstairs with the landlord or the the weird guy who only comes out of his apartment to say creepy things to people. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be that guy someday. <laughs> you just poke so your head out. You're like, storms are coming. You just go back in. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah, you were about to say something else, Danny, weren't you? Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, so he... And it's, we were talking about the mother. So he falls asleep watching the kid. And then the witch comes to him and they have sex. 
and she like scratches his back all up. He wakes up magically in his own apartment. The mother comes back and she is upset that he somehow locked himself out of her apartment and left her infant in there alone, but maybe not as upset as she should have been. Right. Like she was like, what's going on? And he goes, I fell asleep. And she just goes, where? (laughs) (laughs) That's not the question you ask. (laughs) You know, and, and in that little point, one, one, I, I, it was massive. It stuck out. It was massively overlooked is the concept of she, she didn't, quite get the fact that he doesn't have a key so you know how do you how do you pull that off lock yourself out of a deadbolt lock apartment right without a key but anyway and i would say that maybe she was freaked out because of the kid but she wasn't because she took it really well within seconds (laughs) yeah (laughs) and like the whole sex scene thing first of all very jarring full frontal nudity by the body double that was like, whoa. Yeah. I don't know if they could have made it more obvious that it was a body double because they just covered her face up. <laughs> but it was, it was just like, woohoo, here it is, all the goodies. And I was just like, whoa. So that was completely jarring. But the way they came into frame was how a lot of like early, late 90s, early 2000s porno was, was just like characters would appeal, appear in a flash of light. And it was like, the practical effects aren't so bad, but the computer effects are, holy shit, that's so bad. So. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, I mean, it, it was sudden and intense and abrupt. And it actually, I'm not, you know, jarred by many things, but, but visually it was jarring just to uh, catch up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I didn't even finish like my, my breath and bam, whoa. Yeah. And then, of course, he pulls a, like a reference to The Shining where they're doing it, and then all of a sudden she's an old hag lady. Yeah. But then he wakes up, and the baby's in the other room, and uh, so she scratches a pentagram on his back, and he's really not concerned about the leaking blood pouring down his back at all. Nope. <laughs> the only time he notices it again is when he goes to lay on his back and he goes, you know, this isn't comfortable. And he just rolls over. And that's the last we hear about his bloody back. <laughs> well, until yeah. the, the guy downstairs points it out later, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, so even he, though like, there's, there's blood bits. Yeah. Yeah. It's it literally has like run down his back. His clothing is soaked, and he's like, I don't need a shower today either. <laughs> he just wears the same outfit the whole movie. <laughs> so, uh, oh my gosh! Uh, every like every time the rat comes up, I can see a, a visual change in my handwriting in my notes because I just get more excited. Because <laughs> the rat's on screen. Oh, this rat. He didn't say much. He didn't do much. I think it was just the surprise of. Having an actor in a rat costume suddenly pop up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, I, I think, one of at least, at least the top three moments or things about this movie was, is the rat. Oh, that's number one for me, baby. Okay. <laughs> I'm just leaving room for discussion. But, it, yeah. uh, you know, uh, the, you've seen this place. I mean, you know, that that's visually, they did a good job. The minute you see this place, you don't even need to meet the landlord. You know that this is a rat-infested cesspool house from hell. It's, you know, I don't even, 50 bucks to me would be like three months rent. That's what that place would yeah. be worth, right, for that room. 
And all I got to say is I've done my traveling. I've been many places and stayed in a range of places. Rat infested is enough to make me just, but then, but then when you throw in a rat with a human face, holy shit, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sold. Yep. I'm sold on the creepiness, man. It's like, wow. I thought, (laughs) I thought that was bad. (laughs) Whoops. The rat with a human face. So after all that happens, he jumps to some crazy fucking conclusions and he figures most of it out (laughs) and he gets pulled under the bed. Almost forgot about that part. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He like just peeks his head under the bed and she sticks her hand out and he goes, no. And he just reaches out and grabs her hand and he's like, oh no, she got me. (laughs) (laughs) That part was pretty something. But, Mm -hmm. um, so then he, they have a scene where she's like, sign the paper with your blood. And she's not making a very good argument for why he should do that at all. No, she is and, not. No. <laughs> and then when he doesn't do it, the rat bites him. And I'm like, that's probably not going to motivate him to do it either. If I had to guess, she needs to read some Dale Carnegie. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> and yeah, that. so he like doesn't do that. And he wakes up at school. And I forget why the crazy librarian lady gets mad at him, but she does. So he has to run away in his underwear. Oh, because well, because uh, he's 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 there. He's in a part of the library that's locked. You're not supposed to have access to. And he has the most he rare has the Necronomicon, and she and she calls it such. And she's yeah. like, "You're not supposed to have this." Yeah. And <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> I wrote Necronomicon and I underlined it and I wrote really right behind. (laughs) (laughs) You couldn't come up with any other name. It had to be the Necronomicon, just like everything else. Uh, So looking at the Necronomicon, he sees a bunch of physics stuff and a hand-drawn rat with a face and a baby getting gutted. And he's like, I know exactly what's happening. And then when he goes home, old man brings him mega coffee. And shows him that he, like, murdered babies, too. That was... Okay, so I did a little bit of research. And that old man was hired at the last minute. So if you only have, like, a week to try and, like, pull off that monologue, I think he did all right. But, like, if they had cast somebody in for months, had been working with him, that would have been different. But they just kind of hired a guy at the last minute because their dude dropped out. So given a short time window, he didn't do terrible with his monologue. What do you guys think? I think he did all right delivering it. Um, but here's here's the thing. Uh, I know a lot of these kinds of actors, these last-minute actors, that's literally what they are. They make their living. They're, they're the guy to call when the first choice. The understudy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they can do this kind of thing. But one thing about him, and, and universally when this happens, there's there's an element of, of passion for the role that's missing. You know, it had a very uh, uh, B-movie lister, you know, far down on the list kind of vibe to him. You know, you just you wanted to get jazzed up with what he's saying, but it just turned out to be more like, well, this is this is slightly better than a lecture hall lecture. So (laughs) I'll listen. Yeah, it's, it's like when an actor is more concerned about remembering their lines than being present in the role. Right. And he definitely, definitely was guilty of that. Yeah. So, yeah, but the 
the only part that I found legitimately kind of creepy was that that dude would sit and pray at night and bash his head into a chair. And like the sound that the chair made was so loud <laughs> that I was like, whoa, this is kind of fucked up. But <laughs> that was something else. I, I could go on and then forever he stood about up. that stuff. <laughs> then he, he stood up and he went, I'm every stereotype ever. And he start, he spoke in cryptic riddles and he pulled a flask out of his pocket and he, I guess old people just aren't allowed to be interesting unless they're alcoholics. I don't know why every movie makes every old man an alcoholic, but they do. That is the universal calling card for, you know, I'm... I've lived a life. Well, it's, it's, it's pre-Star Wars Yoda. You know, the, the, the old weird man is the Yoda of the movie, but he's only Yoda when he's lit. <laughs> so he's yeah. got to pull his flasks out or, you know, down a thing of Johnny Walker and... You know, then he's all for it because, you know, they, they, whatever happened to them drove them to drink. It's not like somebody could just be emotionally disaffected without alcohol. Yeah. Well, I mean, and he had a good reason for it. At least they justified it. A lot of things don't justify it other than like, I did some bad things, but he like killed a baby. So I guess, I guess this is the same kind of, I did some bad things once. He killed a bunch of babies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From his monologue, seemed like it went on for a while. Yeah, he that dude was not very good at resisting control from the <laughs> No. No. He saw that body double and he was like, you know, I could do this again. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Stop smacking my head. Maybe I'll be yeah. fit for service. <laughs> well, it's not like he could bring a woman to that house and be like, let's have a let's let's live a life here. <laughs> you mean the the Mike Myers? <laughs> Jason Voorhees duplex of terror. Come on in. Let's have a good time. <laughs> sure, I'm up for it. So after what happens after so old man gives him mega coffee and he shows him that he scratches back and he did this little monologue thing. And then does he just go crazy and start like breaking down the wall? Or is there something in between there? This was this was my take on this. <laughs> I talked to Jim about this a little bit. So he's he's studying string theory and that has something, you know, and what he's studying is like intersection of planes. Well, the many worlds theory. Yeah. So he's talking about how that corner in his room is the intersection. That's how she's getting in and he's going to figure out how to shut it down. And then without even doing any sciencing, he just starts <laughs> bashing the wall in. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to get that baby. <laughs> Start smashing the walls. And it was like all this movie. What about like the part where you opened your 2004 computer and all of your physics marks came together and made a swirly? Isn't that you want to go for the swirly? And he's like, no, smash time. Yep. yep. But I just want to say quick kudos to the writers for not. And this is my thing. So there was a laptop. That he was using. We've seen it many times throughout the, the beginning of the film. But he didn't use the laptop as a magical wizarding tool to fix the problem. Yeah, to figure and, it out or anything. Yeah, because yeah. there are so many. It's like, oh, well, what's going on? It's raining and it won't stop. But let me get my laptop out. All right, rain stopped. You know, yeah. So, I mean. But he used a hammer instead, though. <laughs> I'm not saying what he did was better it was just different <laughs> yeah 
I mean, so besides that like, laptop, he could have used that. <laughs> Still yeah, really, that. It had locks on it. Do you remember when laptops had locks on them? Yeah, the lock <laughs> latches and the uh, the back of it had the closed door that flipped open so it could cover all the ports up, all the many, many ports. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the best characters in the movie was that laptop. Oh, man. <laughs> So he gets into this knockdown drag out fight with this old witch lady. Oh, and there's a bunch. Of, he picks up a tiny, tiny baby skull at one point, and then he finds a whole bunch of skulls. But then he gets into this knockdown drag out fight. So I remember watching this. I've seen it once before now, and that was like when it was new. And so this the old lady at one point is holding the baby, and then he turns the knife on her and starts to try and stab her, and she just like drops the baby. And I'm forever haunted about how they filmed that. Did they they have the mom laying on her back just to catch it? <laughs> or like, I, I still can't figure out. Did they legit drop a baby? I'm not sure. But I was alarmed by that, too. She just turns and she's got this, like, screaming metal death trap of a baby yard. Yeah, why would you put a baby in an iron bar cage? <laughs> like, you could just literally put, like a pool floaty around him and he wouldn't get anywhere. Right. <laughs> True. But you know, she's a trans dimensional witch. So her, her choices of aesthetics and function might be a little different. Right. Maybe all she knows about babies is that you cut them up. But so the, the coolest special effect of the movie is when he gouges her eyes out though. Oh, yeah. in there. Yep. He's seen it a hundred thousand times, but man, that was one of the better special effects i didn't realize that it was like the big company that did the special effects for this movie that's kind of cool yeah yeah so um then he does that and he gets out and this is where i kind of lost interest in the movie but then you know what happens (laughs) (laughs) that rat man comes back (laughs) (laughs) he kills the baby and the guy's like oh shit you killed the baby and then (laughs) it was just like angry rat man became like such a terrible antagonist yes <laughs> do you think he knew that it's the rat was the best part of the movie <laughs> he had to there uh, uh, in the special effect or the special features he did say that you have to be willing to throw away all of your notes and parts of the script if something works better i feel like that's what he did was instead of it being a happy ending he's like no we gotta bring rat man back just one more time <laughs> <laughs> Um, well that was probably a good size of the budget so i would be i would also be like let's get that rat in here i want my money that rat would be in every shot if i had made this movie it would just always be like hiding in the background or something like it just like a where's waldo (laughs) (laughs) photo photo bombing (laughs) give us a kiss (laughs) he would never not be there that's just all i'm saying so uh how does this movie end then i'm gonna let you guys explain the ending so the police come in because the single mom finally is like my baby's probably in danger or something this place is messed up <laughs> she, so she calls in her reaction exactly is, oh my baby's in danger <laughs> so she calls the cops and they come in and they find him weeping over the dead baby and they lock him up in a nut house and no one believes his story. And here's where I think the movie could have just left it there where no one believed his right. story. Right. But, but they brought back the rat man. Yes, they did. Yes. <laughs> Encore. <laughs> I wonder if that happened too. All right. Cut. That's a wrap. No, wait a minute. You know what? 
Look at that goddamn rat. I got an idea. How much fake blood do we have left? Do yep. we have enough fake blood? Yeah, we do. We got three squibs, Jerry. All right, come on. Let's do it. <laughs> and the rat, like, tunnels inside him. Yeah. And kills him from the inside out. <laughs> and then and then pops out when the orderly and the doctor, who if I had have ever seen a movie doctor, psychiatrist or otherwise, so undoctorly. It yes. was this woman. <laughs> this is classic schizophrenia. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? No, it's not. <laughs> so, yeah, the rat runs off, and they come in. They're like, oh, goodness gracious. He's dead. Well, they or see dying. the rat. Yeah. But he's just like. Yeah. And then, and then a guard is opening the door, the big, you know, oh, yeah. like prison type door. And the rat just. All we see is fuzzy butt just clearing out. Yep. Yeah, and that's basically the movie, isn't it? <laughs> and, yep. yep. And then we're left with, aw, that was a sad story. <laughs> Wish the baby would have made it. Oh, dang. Yeah. <laughs> so I watched, like, obviously I watched that special feature since I own all these things on DVD. That's kind of the thing of the show. So um, some of the, he's, as he was just talking about his whole career, it looks like almost every movie he made was based on a Lovecraft story. And apparently that includes this one. I don't know which one it was based on, but I think it was called Dreams in the Witch House. Did you guys read that by chance or know anything about that? I did not read that one. Mm-mm. But, I mean, no. Lovecraft wrote a lot of stories. So. Yeah. Apparently all this dude's movies are like almost entirely based on either Poe or Lovecraft. Like He doesn't really, he just adapts their stories to modern things. Yeah. A lot of people do. And, I mean, I've, I've read some of each. But for me, they're not, and I don't know, people were probably skewering me for this, but to me, they are not the, the, the works of literary mastery that they have been hailed. Um, I think for their period, they were quite something. But I, I have trouble reading them because it's, it's not like they're masters of surprise or, you know, they're not their version of M. Night Shyamalan with the twist. Yeah, you know, but it's like, just not creepy, and and reading their stuff, it's creepy. I mean, I give them that. It gives you that, like, well, like if I were to, you know, walk through that front door of that place and realize I'm going to sleep here. Holy shit! <laughs> you know, yeah. they give you that bed bug feeling, like there's something crawling yeah. on me. <laughs> you know, but I mean, you can see those tones because it's it's not a happy ending. It's it's an open ending. Which is a lot of the stuff is, you know, you've got spirits, you've got weird things going on. Nothing hardly ever comes to a full close. I think they captured that on here. I think you're right. I didn't, that's a a good way to put it because I was, I don't know if I was thinking on the same lines as you're thinking, but that's very true that like Lovecraft stories are like, this is still a universe. Like this didn't all come to a happy close. Like, this is still an area I would like to maybe roam around in sometime. And it just never like is a, a clean cut at the end of a Lovecraft story. So that's a good point. Um, apparently they filmed in an actual 300, like the house that they showed the outside of is an actual 300 year old house, which is kind of cool. Oh, that's interesting. But the insides were all like a soundstage that they set up and all that. But 
I, I don't know. There is definitely points where the girl is like, can I make you some tea? And it's like, bitch, there is no way that every room in this apartment building has a kitchen. Like, there's one kitchen and it is downstairs. You can't just make him tea without him also being able to make himself tea. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> this is a boarding house at best. Like, get the fuck over this shit. I, I, I kind of thought that, you know, looking at the different rooms, like, well, you know, because uh, in Madison... I mean, Madison is one of the king cities of taking beautiful old Victorian-style homes and then cutting them up into college apartments. Inside, yeah. Right? Uh, and very few of them have their own service areas. It's, it's, a, you know, it's a community kitchen for the 11 rooms that they diced it up into. Um, but more troubling was I, I was a little uncomfortable with her her intensity about getting this guy some tea. Yeah, she was. She showed up in the middle of the night like, you want some more tea? Like, can we do this? Can, can I get you some tea? No. <laughs> How about now? No. I don't think... I think where the actress dropped the ball was that her face was telling the audience, like, this dude is fucking creepy. And the the writing of it was, I'm falling in love with him. Right. <laughs> it was like two conflicting emotions. The actress interpreted one way and the director interpreted another way and edited it to make it look like they were doing great. But I feel like all of her facial expressions, like if we had seen the raw cut without any editing, would have been like she was creeped out by him the whole time, I feel like. But yeah. they didn't execute that very well because she was just like, Watch my baby, here you go. <laughs> Yeah, she did have that look like, you know, a woman who sees a guy drive up in a in a van with no windows, no license plates. The windshield is tinted, only one door opens, and he comes out in a duster, goggles, and a, mat, and a hat, you know. It's that kind of, oh, so this is my blind date. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she has that look about everything. And then, yeah, watch my baby. I'm going to get a job. This is going to be it for me. <laughs> oh, my way, would you like some tea? <laughs> Get out. But the, the guy who played the main character, uh, he was actually, I think his performance was actually pretty good. Yeah, it could have definitely been worse. Yeah. But, like, I wouldn't call him a great actor. Like, I wouldn't <laughs> put him and Robert Downey Jr. in the same room or anything. But, like... He wasn't a bad actor at all. Yeah. I think it fit for, uh, with these kinds of, of productions, it's it's speedy. Bam, 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 bam. Right? They have no time for anything, and they're going to do as minimalistic post-production as they can. And uh, that includes takes. You know? It's like, just just nail it without stuttering. That's all I ask. Yeah. Right? Like a soap opera. Yeah. And... If you're actually like talking to someone, I'd appreciate it while the camera's on you. If you'd fucking look at them, yeah, <laughs> that's all I want, man. That's all I need. Can you give me that? And I think on that front, you know, these people delivered. Um, Just done Edward style. Cut, yeah, cut it, print it. We're good. Let's move on. Well, and yeah. I like the I, one thing I like about him as a character. And again, this goes back to you know not using the computer to solve everything. He also didn't prattle on about science. The theory that he was speaking of is is a relevant theory. And he read it or he explained it just like it was read off like a Wikipedia page. Yeah. And that's yeah. fine. That's fine. Um I like the fact that they didn't use technology or science 
as a, a weapon or a tool because clearly nobody read up on it. And I, I just want to say, bless <laughs> them for not yeah. trying to convince <laughs> us they know something they don't. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you can definitely take a step too far in trying to explain something and just make it a hundred times worse. And just by not explaining anything, it is better than that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, so just about the, the Masters of Horror overall, apparently in the production of all these movies, like all these big horror movie directors felt like they were in competition with each other. So they were trying to like outdo each other and stuff. And honestly, okay, so I know this is the first one that the audience is hearing, but this is like the sixth one I've recorded. <laughs> and <laughs> the, uh, the other ones are some of them are dramatically less good than this one. <laughs> a lot of them are super, super, super not good. Wow. So I'm, like, I'm like, this is a pleasant surprise that this one had Ratman because <laughs> Ratman really saved it for me. <laughs> well, this but, was this the second episode in the series? Was, wasn't this I believe ep- so, yeah. episode two? Yeah. So, wow. Well, now that we've looked at that long list, I'm I'm a little bit skeptical now on, on our, yeah. our choice of following it through. <laughs> this one's this one's one of the better ones, but um, I guess I can spoil what the last one's going to be because that one's super worth it. Is that obviously the John Carpenter one? It's called Cigarette Burns, and it stars Norman Reedus, and that one is the shit. That's I'm the in. reason I own this box set. That one's the best, best, best one. So that's the one that we're going to land on on Halloween for this show. So we're going to, we got to trudge through some mud to get there, but that one's going to be worth it. So. <laughs> well, you had me at Norman Reedus. I say, yeah, Norman's, Norman <laughs> is worth all the mud treading you have to do. He wasn't like super famous at this point. This was like, I think this came out a year before Boondock Saints, but I could be wrong. But either way, he was not a huge name when that one was filmed. And that one is, by a bajillion miles, the best one that I've seen. There's still five or six I haven't seen in this list, but I'm fairly certain that one's the best one. So check out Cigarette Burns for sure. If you're going to watch any more of these, that's the best one. Definitely. Baby Norman. Yeah. <laughs> the baby face. Maybe watch a couple of the other ones before you get there, get though. <laughs> Because if you want to appreciate them at all, you gotta you gotta work your way up. That's that, there you go. <laughs> but this one so far has been the second best, and considering how much we've made fun of it, this is not a good sign. <laughs> 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 so okay, if I owned this individually as its own disc, would you guys say I should keep it or I should dump it? I would say dump it. Yeah, I'm, I would say keep it. With with the caveat quickly, you know if if this is the if this is the kind of B movie, the nonsense horror B movies, thriller. It's like a horror thriller. Um, if that's what you're into, I think this fits the bill. But if you're talking like straight quality, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would I would put it on the end of a launcher and yell pull. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think these all have that quality to them. <laughs> other than the John Carpenter one, all the other ones are like, I could definitely bury this and forget about it. Like, that wouldn't be a problem. But uh, I'm I'm not going to, like, I'm doing, like, pluses and minuses. And I think 
if I had to give this a plus or a minus, yes or no, I would probably give it a yes just because Ratman saved it. I think that this would be a keeper for me. It's fair. I yeah. love that rat. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> and like the animatronic rat, I don't even give a shit about that. It's just <laughs> with the crazy buck teeth in the front yes. of sharp. <laughs> well, can you imagine your agent calls you up? You have a part. And you find yeah. out your part <laughs> is to dress up as this rat, and you say the same line three different times. They're going to shoot you from three different angles, and then you you get a shot where you're all you know pissed and gnarly. <laughs> <laughs> Put in these black contacts real quick, like <laughs> yeah, um, and then that's it. And these prosthetic teeth. Yeah, that's your part. <laughs> Love it. So. Uh, if you want to check out our podcast, it's Bravo for the B-Side. You can find all our podcast episodes at www.lordsofmisrulproductions.com. Also links to all our social media pages and our Patreon and uh, links to wherever you listen to your podcasts. We've got a link for it on there. Yep. Awesome. Very cool. I've been meaning to ask you guys, this may or may not make it into the episode. I just want to ask you guys, what's up with Lords of Misrule? <laughs> ah, so the Lord of Misrule is from England, and uh, they used to have the Feast of Fools, right? And the Lord of Misrule was the host yeah. of the feast. And this is what it basically was. Think of it as like a bunch of... He was of, in charge of the fun and entertainment for like all, the whole Yule holiday for weeks. Right. Well, yeah. And, and what the entertainment usually was, was traveling bands of fools. So imagine like jesters, you know, non-unionized <laughs> floating or around. Or comedians that bring openers. Yeah. All that stuff. Um, They would bring them together. So the Lord of Misrule is the one who gathers all of the fools. The king of the fools. The king of the fools. And it's also the Fantastic. name. It's also the name of uh one of the main uh, antagonists in our sci-fi series, the Lord of Misrule. So we, were, we made our production company. We just kind of named it after him. Yeah. So I drew some jester masks and uh, uh, they actually, that's what they look like. Well, what they were described as in the series. Uh, so yeah, we're like, Oh, well we're the Lords of Misrule. So we're looking for, you know, creatives are fools. I mean, we're people oh, okay. who are looking to, you know, spend our lives in a industry that, I mean, look at how many people are not making money right now <laughs> in Hollywood, yeah. right? We're, we're striving for that. So we are the lords <laughs> of misrule. <laughs> wow. And uh, yeah, so we just decided to name it after that. See, I have the biggest smile on my face right now. I know you guys can't see it, but I'm so happy that like you had such a good answer for that. <laughs> I was like, I hope they don't just say, "Oh, well, you know, we just kind of crammed a bunch of letters together when we made a D and D character, and this is just kind of where we're at right now." But I, I'm so happy that you had a like an intelligent answer for that. That's fantastic. <laughs> Do you want me to leave that? Is that like a secret like thing that you? It's have not a secret. No, it's not a series? secret. Okay. No, so I'll no. keep that in there just so that people know what you're talking about. Cool misrule as in not good rulership i love that that makes me so happy all right cool (laughs) well thank you guys for coming on the show with me absolutely of course um oh hey miles i wanted to recommend a movie to you if you're ever able to find it i don't know if you'll be able to find it 
But uh, and you can choose to put this in the episode or not. It's it doesn't okay. matter. But we so many years ago we found a box set called Twenty Eight Hours of Horror, and Ooh. we we got it because it had um, what it had. It had Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living it. Dead. It had Pit in the Pendulum. Yeah. And some I other. I own this. I know what you're talking about. I have it too. Okay. 28 Hours of Horror. There's a movie on there called Zombie Dearest. Okay. I don't know if you've watched it. I have not watched any of it. It's the, <laughs> it's the best one on there. Zombie Dearest. Yeah. It's It's funny. It's so yeah. bad. But <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb. So here's here's the plot in a nutshell. Okay. So this guy and his wife are having marital problems and they go move into her like late uncle's house or some farmhouse. And he's out digging in the yard for a septic tank or a pool or some yeah. stupid reason and uh, finds a body. And he, I'm not joking, puts his hand, his hand falls on the guy, the dead guy's dick. And as he does that, he wishes for for some help around the house. Oh, my God. And the dead guy comes back as a zombie, but like a more like a voodoo zombie. He just does what this guy says. And so the guy has time he touches his dick. No, nope, doesn't have to do that. Doesn't have to do <laughs> okay, it again. I was say, that sounds like my lady. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, my God, it's just I. I don't want to spoil it or anything, but it's just so ridiculous. It's it's worth the watch. It. It's worth <laughs> the watch. And when it happens, you know that that Disney song might come through your head because we we kind of did that after we when watched. When you it. wish upon a cock. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I still own it. It might have gone in the Great Purge. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure I still own it. I was just, if you do have it, there's a lot of black and white movies on there, right? Like a lot of them. Oh yeah. 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 If you do have it, when you put it in, we have a, uh, we took a picture of this. When you put the disc in, um, we had a, a, our player would like show the different icons of what, you know, things were. And instead of, uh, uh, 28 hours of horror, the this is how cheaply these were made because remember the yeah. data on on the ring was written uh, it showed up as SpongeBob SquarePants. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're they're recycled DVDs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's amazing. It was fun. Like, what is this? <laughs> awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely double check and see if I have it. I hope I do. Okay, if you do, Zombie Dearest, I think you'll love it. Zombie Dearest. This magical zombie dick. All right, yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, oh, there's something else I meant to put in this podcast, but uh, whatever, fuck it. It's something that you guys might find interesting. Uh, the dude who directed this movie started the first uh, theater, like live action theater in Madison, Wisconsin. Called oh, the really? Organic Yeah. Huh. Oh. So... And then when he tried to make Reanimator a thing, like a movie at the the theater, everyone who like worked at the theater was like, uh, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to Hollywood then. And he went and he made the Reanimator in Hollywood. That's but, amazing. And then when he came back, they were like, you know what? We'll we'll do some movies. If you want to do some movies, we'll do some movies. <laughs> <laughs> it just, I was like, oh, the irony. I'm talking to people from Madison right now. So, yep. <laughs> That's pretty cool. 
Yes. So, anyway, thank you guys for coming on my show. I really appreciate it. You guys are always such a good time. Anytime, man. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Awesome. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, um, until then, happy Halloween, everybody. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it, and I hope you're enjoying the October episodes where we talk about the Masters of Horror. I just want you to know if you want to get a hold of me, you can email me, discdumppod at gmail.com. On Twitter, I'm at the discdump. On Instagram, discdumppodcast. Facebook, the discdump podcast page. Or you can join the discdump podcast fans group and start the discussion. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you guys for listening. Have a googly Halloween.